Support for Arkansas Week provided by the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, the Arkansas Times, and KUAR-FM 89. Hello again, everyone. Thanks very much for joining us. The constant viewer knows that at the end of the year, the beginning of a new year, we like to spend a half hour on a special edition of Arkansas Week with our United States Senators and the Honorable John Bozeman, Republican of Arkansas, joins us now from Washington. Senator, thanks very much for being with us. Well, thank you, Steve, for having me as always. And I wish I was in the studio with you uh, drinking some coffee. Warmer in Conway, I think, than it is in D.C. The viewer, You're right about that. Well, the viewer is also uh, reminded that... Place. Okay. Well, the viewer is <laughs> also reminded that because of the Senate schedule and because of the AETN schedule, we're of necessity taping our broadcast in mid-December. So we're looking ahead and perhaps being more thematic than we might we might otherwise do. I have to assume, Senator, at this point in time that the House of Representatives will forward at least one impeachment article to the Senate, uh, where you will be sitting as a juror, and I assume also, sir, that you are disposed to acquit, at least at this hour. Am I correct? Well, you're correct right now. Certainly the, the things that I've seen so far don't rise to the, to the uh, occasion of actually removing a president from office. I know we'll probably Go ahead. We'll probably start this January 7th or so, and January 6th, January 7th, and uh, not really sure how long it will last. I think the Clinton impeachment lasted five to six weeks. Uh, I'm really not sure about this. It probably three or four weeks plus. Uh, I'm a bit intrigued, Senator. You said you haven't seen anything right now. Do you? Well, again, no, I no. Unless something dramatic came out, but uh, that that so far, that looking at the articles of impeachment, well, I, I should back up in the sense that this thing is closing out with the articles of impeachment, and looking at what they are impeaching the president for, I haven't seen uh, anything that rises to the occasion uh, of him being impeached. Uh, it would not be in your estimation at this date. Then you you do well, not I, see an obstruction of or a, an abuse of power. You're exactly right. Now the next phase, the House impeaches the president, and then he actually goes on trial in the Senate. Right. And so both sides have the opportunity then to bring out further evidence. The president at that point will get to rebut the evidence that has come out so far. And then the prosecution will be allowed to bring out further evidence. So there's a possibility that something could change in the course of the trial in the Senate. I, I'm bound to but say something. But I don't, I don't foresee that happening. Okay, we'll leave it there. So uh, the, your leader, I think, is urging a very quick trial. Uh, do you concur with that? Well, what, what he's saying is, is that uh, there's a consideration, and this is among both Democrats and Republicans, that the the prosecutors make their case, then the president makes his case as to why that's wrong, you know, gives his defense. At that point, if there doesn't appear that it would be uh, need for actually bringing witnesses forward, then you could say, let's vote on whether or not we want to go ahead and have a vote now. But that'll take quite a, you know, it's not like, that's just going to be a rapid-fire thing. That'll take, I think, several weeks for the president 
and the uh, you know the impeachment people to actually make their case, you could at that you know shut it off then and not have further witnesses. All of that's being under discussion, and really will depend on what the president wants to do in in light of his defense. You know what, I, yes, sir, I understand, but Mr. McConnell, nonetheless, I think is urging, let's get in, let's get out, let's get it done as fast as possible. The White House, at on this day anyway, seems to be a little reluctant to commit to that. What is your thinking, sir? Well, I think that's as fast as possible. I mean, I, I think that most senators, the majority, will want to to allow both sides, again, the president to do his defense, uh, the impeachment managers to bring forward their evidence, and so, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But but that's going to take a period of time in order to get that done. Regardless, whatever I decide will be based on uh, everybody, you know, feeling like this thing is being handled the right way, uh, that it's being done fairly, and everyone gets to to say what they feel like they need to say. Does that make sense? Well, I think so, sir. Moving on, yeah. you have you've, you've just... Uh, voted out a big defense bill, about seven, almost $750 billion bucks. Uh, are you happy with it? I am happy, and I'm really happy that Senator Inhofe, Senator Reid in the, worked hard, Republicans and Democrats, to get this done, uh, working with the, the House of Representatives, both sides over there. This is a very bipartisan bill. Uh, it gives the military significant raises. Uh, it gives them the dollars that they need so that they can protect themselves, do the job that we asked them to do. Uh, and so it, I think it's a very good bill. It also includes, sir, I think authorization for the administration to devote some of the Pentagon budget, correct me if I'm wrong, some of the budget to wall building down on the the southern border. Is that a good idea? Well, I really believe that that regardless of what you decide on immigration in the future, you have to protect the southern border. You, you have to, you have to secure it. Uh, we can decide on on a, a visa program. We can decide on whatever we want to decide. Unless that's secured, then you'll continue to have people come across, and, and you'll be right back in the same position. Also, we're a nation at war. We need to know who's coming in and out of here. Uh, there is a tremendous uh, problem in Mexico now with the drug cartels along the border. In fact, 30% of Mexico now is ungoverned. We don't want that spilling across the border. So there's lots of reasons to, to have a secure border besides illegal immigration. But the, but the matter, sir, of, of using defense, defense Department monies uh, to further the construction down there. <clears throat> well, hopefully, we won't, hopefully we won't have to do that. We're working now on the appropriations package and the president, uh, you know, a lot of us are working hard to include money in that package so that the president will not have to uh, perhaps go into military construction dollars. It, but it would be appropriate for him to do that, sir, if there can't be an, a, an acceptable conference report on that. It's appropriate in the sense that he has that legal ability to do that. I mean, that's that's in law. I don't think there's, you know, I think it's very clear, as the law is written, that he has the opportunity to do that if he does. I'd prefer that he didn't. I actually think that right now uh, there's enough dollars out there that well into the next year uh, they'll have money to, to continue building the wall, you know, as they're doing now with the dollars that are out there. 
But these are the kind of things that are getting sorted out as we get into the appropriations process. Well, one thing- I'd very much like to see a money appropriated uh, that goes directly for some wall building, uh, securing the border. Uh, you've got another deadline coming up, sir, and I think it's, well, as we do this, it's about a week ago, a week away. You've got a, uh, we've got a budget deadline coming up. Uh, are we going to see another C? Is that inevitable, just another CR? You can't get all those bills out by. It's, it's, it's not inevitable. We're working very, very hard to, to get it done. Um, we'll have to wait and see. As far as the government shutdown, uh, nobody wants that. That's not going to happen. Uh, on the other hand, we might have another short-term continuing resolution, but but I don't think so. I, I think that people now are working really hard in good faith. Steve, it seems like a lot of government is run the way that I did my term papers. You know, here we are at the last minute, and you have to get these things done, and you know, you're up and you, you're working hard. Uh, I believe that, that we'll get it done at the last minute. Well, I noticed something, Senator, uh, yesterday, today. That one of your colleagues, Mr. King of Maine, has, uh, has I think there's some co-sponsors with it, too, that would effectively make continuing resolu- budget resolutions mandatory, would trigger them if there can't be a deadline agreement. Uh, is, that a good, I, is that a good pulse? I, I actually would not have any problems with that. I I don't like seeing, uh, well, again, I'm very much opposed to holding uh, government workers, uh, and that, that's all the government workers, the government agencies, the people that depend on government, holding them hostage because we can't decide on a path forward. Uh, so I, I don't have any problems with that at all. I, I talked to Angus about this. I think his approach is, is probably a good one. Now, on to tariffs and trade, sir. We've got the uh, a, a pending vote now on uh, USMCA, the NAFTA uh, successor, anyway. Uh, when's the Senate going to move? Senate is going to move after the impeachment. And the reason for that is once this is – there's different steps that go forward uh, with this process. And so they're, they present it. And then there's a delay as people look at it. And so once we get into the impeachment process in early January, you can't do anything else. And so until impeachment's over, we can't take up any bills. So this will be the first thing that we do once impeachment's done. But statutorily, we can't really get into the bill uh, in, in the time frame before impeachment. Give, give us your first impression, sir. I like the bill. I, this is something that's so, so very important to get some stability. Uh, I know the president's negotiated very, very hard. Uh, Congress has weighed in. I think at the end of the day, it's 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 going to be fine. It's supported by everybody. If you name anybody, whether it's the unions or the uh, the farm prog- farm people, uh, the Chamber of Commerce's, uh, all the business roundtables, all of those things are supporting this. So. Uh, I think that it is going to be good. Forty percent of our agricultural products are exported. Uh, Mexico and Canada are our biggest traders in Arkansas. So, yeah, this is something that needs to be done. My only problem is we should have had it done uh, a lot sooner. But I think that getting the uncertainty out of the way will help our uh, will help our economy greatly. 
Well, it's going on really, actually, sir, and sir, for really about three years now. And even even those who support the new version uh, describe themselves as a bit chagrined because basically what the negotiators for all sides have done is, to quote them, nibble around the edges, that the last three years' worth of turmoil really wasn't justified. Was it? Well, the problem was yes and no. The, the the reason that we couldn't get it done was had to do with Mexico and Canada agreeing. In other words, you know, the United States has to agree, but you've also got to have those two other countries. Uh, Mexico, you know, last year had a, an election change that helped. The old administration wanted to get it done as they were leaving. Uh, the new administration is okay with it, but uh, it was a real problem. Once Mexico agreed... And Canada kind of fell into line, but but that was really the hang-up was just not not so much on our side, but again getting the Mexicans and the Canadians to agree was was you know it just took a while to get that done. Well, can you? Is there any way that you could offer a timeline, Senator? Uh, given the impeachment business uh, before the Senate, and for that matter, well, the House has already acted, but any way you can offer a timeline on that? I, you know, I think we should have it done by probably mid-February. Now, that leaves the, the business with the, the China uh, arrangement. At the latest. And yes, that's sir. still pending. China? Yes, sir. Yes. No, they're, they're still negotiating, although, uh, in fact, I just got out of a meeting with uh, Mr. Lighthizer, Ambassador Lighthizer, and they're very... Uh, Upbeat. They feel like phase one is pretty much done, and so uh, they should make an announcement. I think in the near future regarding that, and uh, that's that also is going to be great. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's so important for Arkansas ag products, but not just ag. It's just so much. The most American car in the United States now is a Toyota Camry, and so as a result. The, the supply chains are so intertwined. If we can get uh, USMCA done, get China done, uh, it really will give us a big boost to our economy and just get some certainty in the system. You can play with bad rules. You can play with good rules. If you don't know what the rules are, then it's very difficult. And that's really where we're at now. We don't know what the trading rules are going to be of the future. Well, the, the, the Chinese are the, the last I read, sir. And again, I think we're both reluctant to to discuss it in some detail because the history of this over the last several years is it can change on a dime. But the, at this moment, anyway, the Chinese have some fairly strong objections to guaranteed purchases on their part of farm products uh, from Arkansas or from the U.S., particularly beans, I think, and poultry as well. Pork. No, you're correct. You're correct. That's that's been a real sticking point. My understanding is is that we're very close to getting that worked out. Where uh, the Chinese, you know, will agree, will agree to to come to an accommodation. But that has been a sticking point. But I think we're we're close to resolving. It's the uncertainty, sir. Both manufacturing and agriculture people uh, here in the in the state, in our state, Arkansas tell me that is the biggest problem. They can't plan. They can't. They don't know what fuel prices will be. They Actually, fuel prices, I had someone tell me the other day, is the most predictable thing about 
commerce, both farm and manufacture, farm and factory, that they have to deal with. Right. No, you're exactly right. Uncertainty is 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 what is causing such a problem. It's hard to make investments if you simply don't know if there's going to be a big tariff one way or the other. Uh, you know, all of these different things. So. If we can get that ironed out, and I think we can, I, I, I really feel like the administration uh, realizes how important it is. They've done a good job of getting the Chinese's attention. My message has been, you've done great, but it's time to wrap it up. The other thing, Steve, is the president's done what all of us campaigned on. You know, I said we needed to get tough on China. He said he was going to get tough on them. He's, he's really has affected their economy in a very negative way. And so the Chinese themselves, they want to deal also. So it's a good time to get this wrapped up and move forward, and I think we're very close. They have also had in China, sir, and this, this, this can't be discounted, they've had a, a, a disaster with their swine population there in a land where pork is yeah. exceedingly popular. Uh, if they can get a handle on that, will that change, will that alter the chemistry of the deal over the next two, no. three, four years? I, I don't think so. I mean, they've lost probably 50 percent of the of the swine population. This is a huge deal. It affects how much soybeans they need to buy and things like that. Though it it is a huge deal to their economy. Uh, I think the the other lesson that we need to learn from that is to make sure that we have the safeguards in place that that doesn't occur in our country, and if it does start to occur, how you handle it. That's a whole separate thing. But, uh, no, I, I think we will be exporting a lot of pork there for a long time. And then, two, exporting pigs to help them regenerate their herds that they've lost. On to fiscal affairs, sir, if we can, or another aspect of fiscal affairs. Uh, the Treasury reported just a couple of days ago that, in fact, we are indeed on the way to a tri- – I can't remember the exact percentage increase from month to month – but we're on our way to a trillion-dollar deficit. Uh, this was wholly predictable. Nearly everyone agrees. Is there a way out? Well, I, I think the the real way out is to get some sort of a you know a balanced budget amendment. Not you don't have to balance the budget you know all the way, but you have to get it where the the overage is healthy. And so there's a lot of people that are looking at that right now. I've supported that since I've been here. Arkansas has a balanced budget amendment. Almost all of our states do, so that you don't get yourself in this situation. We're not. At, we're in a. We're in an unhealthy state now. Uh, we don't want to get any further. So when you look at the spending that's going on, when you look at the spending that I can control through the appropriations process. It hasn't increased hardly at all in the last seven or eight years. It's been pretty flat. What's increasing is Medicare, Social Security, things like that. And so we've got to get that straight for our children and grandchildren so those dollars will be there. So we're not talking about ever affecting anybody that are on those programs now or any, anywhere close to using them. But at some point, those will have to be dealt with. And the good news is Social Security, things like that, you can tinker around the edges a little bit and really make a big impact. But we need to do that for our children, grandchildren in the future, or, or they're simply going to be in a situation where the, the benefit won't be there like it has been for us. Well, in terms of the deficit numbers, though, Senator, how much of this do you attribute? How much should we attribute 
of these of these deficits to the tax bill of a couple of years ago. You know, if you look at the receipts, the receipts, the 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 money that's coming into the treasury is actually greater. So that's that's not the driver. You know, again, when you look at the receipts coming in now compared to a year ago, receipts are actually up. What's also up is, is spending is up significantly. It, and some of that's a lot of that's discretionary <coughs> spending, though, Senator. I know you said a moment ago that it's really not that, that discretionary spending hadn't gone up that much. In fact, it's gone up by billions over the last two three years, has it not? It, it's gone up by a few billion, okay, but a few billion in regard to over three trillion is not that much. So it, it really is, is percentage-wise, has gone up very small. The big driver, though, are in those are in the other programs. Well, we have more. So I'm not. I'm not. Don't get me wrong. I'm. I'm with you. Okay. You know, we we we've got to look at everything that we can look at. We've got to look at the discretionary programs. We've also got to look at the the other drivers, you know, the, the mandatory spending, which is about 70% of government now. Uh, that 30% is the military, it's the FBI, it's education, it's infrastructure, you know, you name it. But uh, it's only about 30% of the of the budgets. About 70% now is on autopilot. Well, as far as mandatory spending goes, the entitlement's driving it. Uh, more and more boomers continue to retire every day. and. They're calling or they're dropping by their local Social Security office. That's not going to go down in the near term. Is there any thinking on your part or in D.C. about the demographic curve that is not going to happen tomorrow or even within the next decade, but it is approaching? It is approaching, Steve. And and we were talking earlier, you know, you look and and you look at the demographics. uh, We have an aging population. And then we also have children now that are that are not children. We have young adults that are getting married at a later rate, having fewer children. And so as a result of that, it that puts more pressure on the workforce of the future to support uh, the seniors. So, yeah, this is something that we have to look at. And, and really, uh, the longer you wait, the more difficult it becomes. And so we need to anticipate this and go ahead and start putting some programs in place now. Every year it becomes more difficult, uh, you know, to solve the problem. What what senator would be at the top of your list in terms of addressing entitlements? Action that could be taken. Well, I think action that can be taken is, is looking at uh, the, the good news about things like Social Security is you can get an actuary to sit down. They can tell you exactly where the population is going to be, what it's going to cost. You can nibble at the edges. You can you can raise the retirement rate up six months. You know, and it makes a tremendous difference. You can lift the cap up a little bit on, as far as, uh, you know, when you start, when you don't pay in anymore. All of those kind of things. But the bottom line is this, Steve, and this is so important. Like I say, you can't affect anybody that's retired, about to retire. What you've got to do is is make it such that, uh, you know, you're looking at, at younger people. And uh, most importantly, this is something that Democrats and Republicans are going to have to agree on, both, both houses, presidential leadership, and then most importantly, buy-in from the American public. If we can get that done and they understand 
why we need to do it, the consequences of not, uh, then I, you know, I think we've got a good chance of actually getting some meaningful reform done. It's hard to do because people demagogue. Senator, I know that uh, uh, back in your playing days, uh, you were rather fond of football. We now have a new, we have a new head coach there. What's your what's your take on this situation? You're well, an alum, about, yeah. We've talked about all these other issues. Now let's talk about something that's really important. You know, the football coach and and uh, you know, I, I I think like. Well, we could of, talk uh, about fiscal responsibility too, if you wanted, to, in terms of buyouts and salaries. But go ahead. Well, exactly. The, the joke, you know, is that uh, instead of being the natural state, we've become the buyout state. But uh, I, you know, I think that uh, Hunter Yershek is getting us on the right, right uh, path. The the guy that we've hired seems like a real football coach. So I think there's a lot of excitement. Uh, as as we all know, the Razorbacks are special in the state. And so uh, it's a source of pride. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I think everybody's excited that we're making a change and moving in the right direction. Certainly the basketball program seems to be going in the right direction. That's a good thing. Well, maybe next time we can talk about baseball. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Well, that's if you come back in spring. Thanks very much, Senator, as always, for being with us. Well, hopefully I'll be back before the spring. I appreciate you and appreciate your program. Okay, yeah, we need to get to planting in spring anyway. Thanks very much, Thank Senator. You. All Thank is you. Well. Appreciate Thank you. you for joining us, and, of course, we'll see you next week. Support for Arkansas Week provided by the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. The Arkansas Times and KUAR-FM 89.